Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined with Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Welcome, Rob. Oh, good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Very good. would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today, do you want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts? Because he always lights up those truths. <laughs> he sure does. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for this day, this moment, and as we change the seasons here, Lord, we see the beauty of of your creation exploding with the colors and the leaves. Lord, thank you. You are an awesome, awesome God. And in the midst of the beauty of creation, we are the pinnacle, Lord. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so intimately involved, and you have a desire to be intimately involved in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Help us to return love for love. Help us to to seek you in all things. Help us to invite you into every aspect of our lives. As we break open the Word today, Lord, please send the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with, with your love, your wisdom, your docility to be teachable, moldable, pliable. Uh, and as we prepare to receive the Word as well as the Eucharist on Sunday, Lord, please prepare our hearts. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father and Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now the reading again comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open up the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. As you're sharing, as you're reading the Gospel, David, I was just thinking of of school. You know, we do a lot of works in the ministry in, in schools, and this uh, this is an open book test. You know, God God wants all of us to get a 100. He wants all of us to 
to, to be with him forever in heaven. So he's just constantly giving us these parables to, to prepare us, to wake us up you know, to the reality that uh, you know, this life is, is a test, is a trial. But, but thank you, Lord, for your mercy that it's, it's an open book test, that you're letting us know how much you love us, how much you care for us. You know, that it's really up to us to to give our yes. So the five virgins, I'm just thinking of of this as a yes. So the five that were prepared, they gave their yes. The five that weren't, uh, the, although they were there, they were kind of in the game, were, were they really all in? And, and and the all in can't be transferred. So the all in from the, the five couldn't be transferred to the other five. So just like our, our faith... Uh, you know, as much as we want to, as much as my parents probably wanted me to, to say my yes, you know, for the first 33 years that I didn't uh, say yes, and how overjoyed they were once, you know, through God's grace, I, I did say yes. You know, they they probably wanted that for me so bad, but it had to be mine. You know, the way that I want my kids to say their yes, it's theirs. You know, their their yes is their yes. So I, need, I can pray for them. I could, you know, guide them. Uh, invite them, but uh, you know their yes is theirs, just like everybody else's. So, yeah, I think of of Jesus when he appeared to Saint Margaret Mary in uh, in that little chapel in Paris La Monial. He said he held his heart out to Saint Margaret Mary and said, "Behold, this heart of mine that loves so much, yet receives so little love in return." And he said, "The the thing that hurts his heart the most is indifference." He didn't say anything crazy, any all star sins, any you know. He just said indifference. Um, so it's that, that's our yes, you know, behold, it just breaks my heart when I hear those words, behold this heart that loves so much and receives such little love in return. So, um, my prayer for all of us is that we can just love Jesus fully, completely, uh, with, with everything. It's amazing because earlier in the week there was a reading that that was in the scriptures where Jesus again is teaching us and he tells us we have to hate our fathers, hate our mothers, hate our wives, hate our children. Oh, my goodness. And the priest, thank you, Lord, get up and broke open that reality and that truth. You see, we can't love God, which is part of our heart. We can't be lukewarm. In Revelations, it, the, Lord, the Lord spits out those who are lukewarm. You know, we got to be either on fire for the Lord, lit with his love, or, you know, we're going to be cast out. We're not going to be welcome because we're not all in. We can't love God with just a little bit of our heart. And he went on so beautifully to say, you know, this is a challenge to us to wake up, just like these virgins, wake up and be prepared, be prepared. Because if we don't love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, we cannot love others correctly. But when we do, and Jesus uses the word hate, but when we do put God first, then, then and only then, is it God that loves our wife, our children, our family, our friends through us? That's the oxymoron. That's the reality and the truth. Same with here. We can know the Lord's name. I mean, these these other virgins, call them Christians, 10 Christians, these other Christians say, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. You know, they knew who the Lord was. They knew his name. They knew he was Lord. But they didn't fill up the lamps of their hearts with the love of God. It wasn't all of God. It wasn't filled with that Holy Spirit, you know, oil representing the Holy Spirit and, you know, the lamps, the Holy Spirit's the light to our feet. So for me, it's all about every day of my life, purge for me anything, Lord, anything that detracts me from you. 
I want to love you. I desire to love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. Because you know what? I don't know that I have tomorrow. I don't know when you will come for me or when you'll have the second coming, but I want to be prepared. And so that preparation, that purgation of anything that's of the world is a daily journey. And Lord, Lord, I love this. But at the end, you say, amen, I say to you, I do not know you. That terminology, know, is a marital terminology. In the Greek, it's, a, it's an intimacy. Mary says, you know, when, when they said she's going to conceive and bear a child, she says, I, how is this to be? I do not know man. There's not that marital intimacy yet. That's what you want from us as the bridegroom. You are consistently, every day, wooing, wooing your bride. That's me, and that's you, the listeners, the Christians, the ones who God created for eternity to be with him. So you know what? I want to know you. I want to grow in that divine intimacy with you, Father, with you, my Lord Jesus Christ, with you, the Holy Spirit. You mentioned Holy Spirit, David. I wasn't even thinking that, you know, that the oil is is the Holy Spirit. And just a few Sundays ago, we had the gospel where, I don't know if it's Sundays or, or, or one of the weekday masses, but recently there was a, a gospel where, you know, we, we had the, the famous ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. And, and I always loved that. It's like, all right, good. Lord, the Lord's asking, you know, tell me to knock and seek and to ask, and I'll do that. And usually I'm doing that for good things, right? Help, help me with school or help me with sports or, you know, help my father feel better, whatever. Like, it's good stuff that we ask for. But at the end of that, until that day that I, I read it, I think the Lord just you know, really wanted me to, to not only hear it, but to listen. At the very end, he said, how much more would the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? So here, as we're asking and seeking and knocking for that which is good, first and foremost, ask the Father to send the greatest, right? It's in the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. So then in the roller coaster of life, we have the only unchanging, which is God, the only, un, the only unchanging reality in our lives. So then we'll be, we'll be prepared, not just ready, but we'll be prepared. So uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking of the Holy Spirit, but, but let's ask. And, and I, I was sharing that with the school once. We had eight presentations that day, and we always lead with an opening prayer. And even though I knew that day we were going to talk about Jesus instructing us what to pray for, pray for the Holy Spirit. There were times in that opening prayer when we, had, when we prayed from the silence of our heart that I didn't ask for the Holy Spirit. And since then, there are few days in these last couple of weeks since we had that full day talking about it at, at school that I prayed. You know, I don't know anybody out there, did, did you pray for the Holy Spirit today? Did you ask the Father, as Jesus instructed, to send you the Holy Spirit? I didn't, right? So that's every day pray for the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to fill us with his love, his peace, his joy, his understanding, his wisdom. And you know, I love this terminology, divine intimacy. Think about this. Jesus describes himself as the bridegroom. He wants that intimacy into me. See, he wants that intimacy with his bride, which is the church, which is you and I. We're represented by the virgins. But just because we know about him, just because we know his name, just because we know his word. We can read the Bible all day long. But if it doesn't fill and overflow from our hearts, it's all in our heads. 
It's not a marital relationship. So he wants to grow in that divine intimacy. And what does that look like? Well, I'll just share a little story with you. So a week ago, I, I invited my son to go fishing with me, and, and I invited my friend to invite his son and my friend to invite his son. So three fathers, three sons, we're going to go striper fishing on the Chesapeake Bay. But here's what else I did. That morning, I said, Father, my heavenly Father, will you go with us? With you, will you go with your boys today? And can we have fish fun fishing together as your family? Well, I'll tell you what, we went out on that boat and we caught more stripers, I think, than anyone ever did. We loaded the loaded the coolers up. We were commercial fishing, loaded the coolers up. It was off the charts. But that was divine intimacy. God the Father wanted to go fishing with his boys. And then he allowed us to experience that incredible father-son memory building but he was included. Well, God the Father wants to be included in all things. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to be involved in our whole life, everything we do. God the Father's ultimate plan, ultimate plan, is that everybody we meet every day, he wants them to experience his son living in us, with us, and through us, so that we become those invitations to this heavenly banquet that the bridegroom has set for all humanity. So for me, that divine intimacy, and it, it starts with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Invite the Holy Spirit in to light up in any part of our soul where, where there's blockages from a relationship with God, where there's, where there's clogged spiritual arteries, that we can't truly have that divine intimacy that God created us for. And guess what? He wants us to experience it eternally with him. That's why scripture tells us, you know, keep your eyes on the end game, the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, then all else will come. Because the moment you look to the world, or like here, they go go and try and buy it with the merchants, buy it in the world, you know, good works and all those things, you can't work your way into heaven. You can't buy your way into heaven. It's all a divine relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. It starts with our yes. It starts with that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that then goes into the deep water, which is the divine intimacy. And as Catholics, it doesn't get any more intimate than receiving him at a mass. And we can do it every day. Receiving him at mass, both by word, the liturgy of the word, and then through the Eucharist. That one flesh union of the bridegroom with his bride occurs there in a most precious, divine way. And it's all about an encounter. You know, God wants and and is inviting us to have a a personal relationship, and and usually that starts with an encounter. And we had an opportunity last week uh, at a high school, so we had— eight sessions with uh, this, this high school in Allentown where we had all the students by the end of the, end, of the, end of the day, we were with every student at that high school. And Marty Rotella from our Spirit Power Ministry came and, uh, and you know, he and I just shared together with the students. But what was really beautiful was, uh, was the silence that was interjected between the sharing, between the songs for them to, for the students to just have that quiet time with the Lord. And one of the things that Marty does when uh, when he's with an audience for the first time with a group, he asks questions. Who is God? Who am I? What is love? And we were talking about who is God, and, and we were in adoration. So we had you know, whether anywhere from 40 to 200 kids per session. And when he talks about who is God, 
he usually has them talk to each other. So if you if you were asked this question on the street, how would you answer this question? Who is God? But then he said, he made a he made a, a, a tweak. He said, before you talk to each other about that, you're in the presence of Jesus right now. You're in the presence of God. Ask him to reveal himself. God, who are you? Who are you? So they did that, and the silence was beautiful. And then I would engage with the students around me, and the one boy said, I've never had an encounter with God, so I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what this means. And he, but he was really open and very transparent. And I can just, I was watching him. I was, I was sitting behind him, but I was able to see him from an angle. And as Marty was singing, as he was sharing, you can tell he was just fully engaged. He was locked in. He was smiling, and he just looked, he just looked so peaceful and so full of joy. So at the end, I called him over. I said, "Remember when we shared in the beginning? You said you never had an encounter with God." Uh, I said, how do you feel right now? He said, I feel great. I said, do, do you feel peace? Yeah. I said, do you feel joy? He said, yeah, I do. He said, you, you're, you, you have had an encounter with God. Right. He said, I did? He was, he was so excited. He was, like a little, he was like a little kid in the candy store. He said, I did? I said, yeah. So that peace, that joy that you feel, that's not you manufacturing that. That's God giving you that gift. You, you had an encounter with God just now. And he walked out of there with this biggest smile. So I think we need to help each other on this journey. People are saying that they've never had an encounter with God. And you know, a lot of times Marty will ask, if an atheist asks you, oh, you go to this Catholic school or I see you leaving this church, you know, who is God? My parents never taught me who is God. And when I was asking God to reveal himself to me, he said, Rob, if that ever happens to you, first ask a question to, to a person. You know, if, if it is an atheist, someone who doesn't know, know me, he said, ask them what's the most beautiful thing you've experienced? What's the most beautiful thing you've, you've seen recently? And they may say, oh, I was at the ocean. I saw the ocean or, you know, my child was born. Or I see a sunset or sunrise. They say, that, that's God. And how did you feel when you saw that? I, I felt good. Well, that's his gift He's to you. He's in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was just, it was, it was awesome. But it, it's, it's that encounter. It's that, that, that encounter that, that's going to keep us awake. It's going to keep us alive. It's going to keep us excited to, to, to take that next step, to, to, to live the abundant life now that God wants to give us in preparation for abundant eternity. That's beautiful, Robin. Jesus came and gave his life for each and every one of us, all 7 billion human beings, plus everybody that'll come after, everybody that came in before. Why? To give us life and give it to us in abundance, that abundant life. Well, what does that look like? Well, Scripture also tells us that we there's before us life and death. And we're to choose life. Well, we all say, oh, yeah, well, I choose to live. No, no, no. We're given life choices every day. There are things in our life that we choose when we help others. You know, when we, when we, when we give of ourselves, that gives us life. Because what we get back, money can't buy. That joy, that peace, that God moment, that experience that that young man saw. And I want to congratulate you, Rob, because you just help a blind man see. The Jesus within you helped remove the cataracts that blinded him from seeing a true moment with God, a God moment, a God encounter. Isn't that beautiful? Because there's so many of us have them. And I really think that at the bottom line, at the end of the day, we're offered opportunities, life or death. Life, we give of ourselves. We affirm others. We have hearts of mercy or death. We look at pornography. We take up an offense. We get angry. We have unforgiveness. We sit and we watch the, 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 the TV and get just polluted with toxic negativity. So when we look at that, make a list every day 
What were my choices? What gave me life today? And what caused death in my soul? And then ask God to help you break free from those things that cause death. Because every day we're offered those opportunities. Jesus tells us we will, life or death. Choose life. Why? Because the more we choose life, the more we will have the life of Christ in us, the more we become invitations to the eternal banquet. This scripture clearly tells us there's no second chance. Each of us has our one opportunity. We can't go out at the end of our lives when the bridegroom comes and says, whoops, hey, I heard all about you, but let me go fill up now and come back and get in. No, the door's locked. And Jesus says, I'm sorry, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. So for me, you know what? Lord, do the work you need to do in me. Help me to see. Help me to be that vessel of living life for others. Help me to to cure the blind that don't see. Use me for your purpose because my end goal is heaven eternally with my bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And as you're sharing that, David, I was thinking of of something that, that I heard a football coach say once. He said he tells his players to focus on the next six seconds. So don't look at the whole season. Don't look at the whole game. Don't look at the whole, you know, half or a quarter. Six seconds. Just just go all out for these next six seconds. And isn't that the same with our life, our spiritual life, our walk with the Lord? Sometimes it could seem overwhelming what we're talking about, um, that this is it. There's only, you know, only one chance, no second chances. Six seconds. Like, what, what, now, like, the, the, then we end up living in, in that eternal now with God because God is now. So if we're just focusing on how, who do, who's in front of us, how can we love now? How can we forgive now? How can we serve now? How can we look to, to die to ourselves for the benefit, benefit of someone now? Just, just get into that eternal now. Like, you know, how, can we, how can we love in this moment, which will then prepare us for, uh, for the next moment and, and eternity with our Lord? And that's awesome, Rob. And that goes back to this choose life, don't choose death. Because see, Father George, a precious friend of mine who's now going home to be with the Lord, shared this beautiful, beautiful truth with me when I was with him in Ethiopia. And so you want to know what choosing death is? I'll tell you what it is. He said, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. God doesn't live in the past. It's a trap of the enemy to steal the gift of the present moment. Don't go into the past. When we choose to go into the past, I should have done this, I should have done that, this this offense, that, that is choosing death, death of our soul, the loss of the gift of the present moment. He said, David, the future is in God's providence. He said, to go there causes you to play God. He said, God doesn't live in the future. It's the what if roller coaster ride. What if he says this? What if she says that? What if he does this? What if she does that? That's another choice of death, spiritual death, because we're being robbed. It's a trap of the enemy. We're being robbed of the gift of the present moment. And to go back, what you just shared, Rob, is this. The gift of the present moment, those six seconds, are a gift from God the Father to his precious son and daughter that we're to open and live in love, live in the present moment. That's it. It's a gift from God to be what? Lived in love. If we do that, we choose life. And we choose to be the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the heart of Christ in this world here and now. We become the world changers that God the Father created us to be. And then we become a reservoir of grace, not just a channel, because a channel 
redirects water, but once the water is through the channel, the channel is empty. So I, just, I read a, a spiritual, uh, I forget what the name of the book was, but it, it, oh, The Soul of the Apostolate. The Soul of the Apostolate talks about a reservoir of grace that not, we don't want to be a channel because channel is empty when it's, when it's finished doing what it does, but a reservoir is filled and then the overflow spills out. So God wants to fill us to the point of overflowing and then the overflow spills on everyone that we meet, right? So when we live in the moment, we would like, when we allow God into our hearts in the moment, we receive his love in the moment, we receive his mercy, his grace, his peace in the moment, we become a reservoir where we are filled with his grace and then the overflow goes into every single person, every single encounter that we're involved with. That's beautiful, Rob. And again, here we're, we're told again, you know, stay awake, they, they got drowsy. They fell asleep. The world wants to, to lull us into, a, into a spiritual sleep, into becoming just these walking around zombies, and that's not of God. I mean, you look at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is going off to pray and says to his three tr- closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, you know, pray. And he comes back three different times, and they all Snow. fell asleep. They fell asleep. They became drowsy. They fell asleep. No, no, no. God is telling us, stay awake, stay in communion with him. Scripture challenges us, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Am I supposed to say our fathers and home Hail Marys all day long? No. God wants you to be in common union, communion with him at every moment in every event. Ask the Father, Father, what do you think I should do in this situation? Holy Spirit, allow me to share the words you want me to share. Allow me to hear what I'm called to hear. We too many times break away from God and go away and do our own thing. God wants to be involved in every part of our life. He wants to stay spiritually awake, spiritually in tune, so that we have that communion, common union with God in the bedroom, in the workplace, in the church, in the community, in every moment of our lives. That Why? Because He wants us with him eternally in that in that eternal exchange of love god the father to the son to the holy spirit and something that maybe a little action item for all of us is you know god is coming right you know whether he comes second coming or you know we're going to we're going to meet him so the, the meeting's going to happen and maybe we can reflect in prayer you know if god was coming tomorrow or or in 30 days what would you start doing what would you stop doing and what would you continue doing so continue to do those things that are going to draw you to him. Start doing the things that you're not that will draw you to him and stop doing those that are going to that are going to push you away from that relationship with our Lord. And you know what that's so important Rob because we need to continually go back to the Father to that font of mercy and grace and ask for forgiveness. And we as Catholics know we have the greatest font in the confessional in the sacrament of reconciliation. Don't be afraid. That's a trap of the enemy. Go get clean and be those world changers you were called to be. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
367-0100. Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.